Welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. As always, I am Chris Pullman. And I am Gloria Ackerman. This week we'll be talking about Season 5, the final two episodes of the season, Episode 23, Post-Op, and Episode 24, the last episode we see Frank in, Margaret's Marriage. Post-Op, let's begin with that, the, or the quick review of the, <laughs> of the show is they need blood, they're all out of blood, all types of blood, um, there was a break of hepatitis, and so they had to get rid of all their blood supply. So the main thing is they need blood. And then it goes through um, a bunch of wounded and what they were going through and kind of their stories. Mm -hmm. So that's the basis of what the show is about. Yeah. A, a real need for blood and then the different stories from all the different um, soldiers mm -hmm. that went through. Yeah. So... I thought that one of my favorite was the guy who was really upset. Now, there's people that get upset about losing an arm and a leg, and, and it's an extension of them. Mm -hmm. But the one guy lost his mustache. Mm. And he was clearly, it was almost to him as bad as losing a body part. He yeah. seemed so upset. He wouldn't look at mm -hmm. himself. He thought he was disgusting. I like how it was solved, too. Clinger mm. cut his hair and made him a mustache, which shows his compassion. Yeah. It's made of real Lebanese hair. Probably no. keep growing. <laughs> Probably will. What did you see from this episode? Oh, there were... So much, I know. There was so much, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, so, yeah. Blood. Talked about that. We see a actor come back that we had seen previously uh hilly hicks as corporal moody he's a oh yeah he's a medic we see him again in this he was in uh the episode oh i can't remember what it was uh colonel flag ends up getting his appendix taken out and moody goes back to his outfit with some supplies from the 4077 and he was quite angry from what they were saying between him and hawkeye yeah i so I don't think that those are the same guys, but similar. You know, this is clearly um, a medic who has been here before. And yeah, him and Hawkeye had some words. And we hear about that here when he comes back with a bunch of guys from his outfit who the doctors end up patching up. Uh, they spend 18 hours in OR throughout this whole thing I like the one comment uh, afterwards about uh, Frank not donating blood when they're in post-op you know he said at least one person needs to have a full supply yeah and Hawkeye's like why didn't I think of that and Potter <laughs> responded because you're not an idiot <laughs> um, but in post-op Margaret helps one soldier write a letter home to mom not mother but mom. Mom. She hates being called mother. Uh, I'll the, take any letter if you <laughs> all want to write. Or <laughs> the, the Puerto Rican soldier was demustached for a face wound for surgery. 
So that was the one that you were mentioning. Uh huh. Then the uh, guy that came face to face. That was awful. Oh yeah. Um, I think that was the letter home to mom guy. Oh, it was. Yeah, because he was describing that to Margaret. Okay. Oh and yeah. And she said, "Anything else I can do for you?" And he said, "I'd like to write a, write a letter, letter home." To okay. To my mom, and she started, "Dear mother, no, no. dear mom, sense. she hates being called mother." Um. What else? Diffusing we, the landmine guy. Yeah, Herb. Uh, you don't have the first name there, but yeah, Herb who was an explosive ordnance disposal guy who defused landmines. Um, he ended up, how did he say it? We have our mines laid out in a pattern so that we can go back and dig them up. But we always booby trap some of them so that the enemy can't come in and clip the wires. I forgot about that. So one minute I'm defusing a mine and the next minute I'm across the road, and I say to myself, Herb, we've got a problem. So what ended up happening there was BJ had to take his leg because it was too badly wounded. He seemed to be taking it in stride overall, he, though. He did, but can't you imagine if your job is defusing bombs all day long that you're kind of thinking at some point or another you're going to get it? hopefully just lose a limb? Yeah, <laughs> you know, really, I mean... In another episode, when I think Charles is there, there's a kid who's getting razzed on horribly by his uh, squad mates, and, um, you know, to try and prove them wrong, that he isn't a coward, he tries to join up with EOD, Explosive Ordnance Disposal, and the colonel won't let him. He's like, you're too sick. You're staying here until you get better. Right. So you know it's a tough... It's a deadly job. Right. Every day you, you, mm -hmm. you know, um, with your life. Yeah. There was and the Turkish patient that needed the blood transfusion. Yeah. The so they removed his spleen to tip. help him clot. Yeah, because he wasn't clotting. Uh, there was an unconscious patient who we don't hear talk at all, but what Colonel Potter ends up deciding probably happened was that he had gotten bit by a snake. And it was what happened. So yep. that was pretty great. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Like Colonel Potter's part. Mm hmm. Got bit by a snake. And so, uh, Potter tells Kelly, who's actually Kelly in this episode, she's Kelly Yamato, which I love. <laughs> um, it's a start. And he addresses her by name in uh, OR. She's helping with Margaret and Potter taking out the, the Turkish captain's spleen. And he says, Kelly, have Dr. Pierce check the man for bites and if he has one give him antivenom yeah. right 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 away and it worked because afterward he was sitting up and talking he's like hey you're lucky yeah. uh there was the soldier with the butt wound whitney yes. private whitney john anthony bailey um and the soldier that was asked to tap dance but i don't know if he was really well that was the medic oh that was the medic that was the medic Okay. Yeah, so he... I didn't realize that. Yeah, that was Private Moody. Okay. He was in Rosie's bar, uh, a black soldier. Apparently a few rear echelon guys were there and asked him if he could tap dance. Which, yeah. It's back from vaudeville days. And he which just... Which would have been very relevant in that time, you know. Relevant? Well, yeah, because it relevant? was relevant. Sorry. <laughs> relevant Sorry to... from that time you're right <laughs> um uh, but yeah you know it 
clearly racial yes question and uh he got into a fight because of it and pierces ends up patching, uh, him, up. patching him up the soldier with the butt wound was one of the highlights of this episode for me because right. he's talking to captain pierce and he says this is very embarrassing what am i going to tell people I love yeah, what what if they ask where I got shot? Korea. Just tell me you got shot in Korea. Yeah. What if they ask me where I got hit? Then you look them right in the eye and you tell them you got hit in the butt. And if they keep badgering you, drop your pants and show them. I loved it. Yeah. And he said, "This is a true explanation of this war." Yeah. Or it's a all a huge pain in the butt. But, right. Yeah. And then the guy says, don't make me laugh. And Pierce says, this isn't any laughing matter, Whitney. A bullet has inflicted injury on your body. Doesn't matter where. Yeah, he's like, oh, don't I know it. Uh, Moody, we talked about him. Uh, One guy doesn't want to go home. Yeah. One guy said, you know, they said, you're, you're heading home. He's like, do mm-hmm. I have to go home? I don't want to go home. Sergeant Raymond McGill. And McGill. why didn't he want to go home? Sal Viscuzo plays Sergeant Raymond McGill because he had quite the racket going. He was he has supporting... a family to support. Oh, Korean family? Nope. Back in the States. Yeah. And then he explains to BJ, I get a fifth of whiskey in Tokyo, and I got guys fly it over here for me, and then I sell it for, I can't remember how much, $50 on the line. Also, I got the only Polaroid, Polaroid. camera in this sector. Charge guys, what was it? Two dollars, two bucks a, a piece. They <laughs> yeah. all want pictures. Everyone mm-hmm. wants pictures. Mm-hmm. And a to send home, and you're right. Yeah, and so. he, he's like, you know, Captain, you put a few good marks on that chart, you'd be swimming in whiskey. And he said, I don't drink. I, I forgot <laughs> I, my gills. I for, yeah. Yeah. Or I don't swim. I don't. That's what he said. Yeah. I let you borrow the Polaroid. Take so many pictures, your wife thinks you're home. <laughs> That's okay. Boy, you doctors really are heartless, aren't you? <laughs> so, so a lot of stories. There's yeah, a lot of well, substance in here. There's things to think about. And, and another part of the Frank Burns narrative that we see here, he's babbling on to a patient about all of his heartache. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. As this patient suffering. And yeah, I don't want to fight anymore. You know, I hired a PI to follow my wife back home because I think she's seeing somebody. I really don't care, Major. I'm just tired. But <laughs> then he didn't find anything, so I hired another private eye to to Because uh, I think the him. first private eye was... One of his caballeros. Yes. Yeah. He's not suspicious at all. Yeah. That's just, very sarcastic. Oh, my goodness. didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, after Frank is done with his long tirade, he says, What about you? You sure you want to hear it, Major? Oh, we have orders to be compassionate. <laughs> I don't want to fight anymore. Oh, I don't have to listen to this. Yeah. Go see the priest. Yeah. My goodness, Frank. Um, and Laura brought up a good subject. Do you think he was being that way just because he knew he only had two episodes left? You know, and we didn't want to care if we missed him. I don't think so. I don't either. I think he was just being Frank. I'd have to look it up. But the way that he left was a lot like how Trapper left which seems to me to be in between seasons where they decided, okay, we're writing new episodes. Are you still in? I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing Larry Linville went, no, 
He no, just I'm couldn't good. see where his character could go. And after this season, you really understand why. Right. Because, like this episode, like that scene, it just, he's getting very, very weaselly. And right. it's really unfortunate because Frank was, his character had depth in the first three seasons. When he was with Margaret, his goal was to move up in, in the, on yeah. the totem pole. After that, his goal was just... I don't, I don't know. know. I think yeah. he lost all goal. I think so. I think he lost sight of where he was headed. And, and it's just him being a snot. Right. That's kind of where he, where Frank Burns, the character, is stuck. And it's unfortunate. I didn't like Frank Burns, but his character had substance before him and Margaret split. Right. You know? Um, but the last few things that I have here. Uh, Margaret checks on a patient in post-op. And he is hitting on her. Oh, yes. I forgot Hard. about him. Hard. Yes, and good. Hard. Nurse, do you have any idea how beautiful you are? Do you know how many times I've heard that? No, line? no. I mean it. I want to spend the uh, rest of my life with you. Starting with tonight. What do you say? I say no. I will only <laughs> talk medical <laughs> oh, issues yeah. with you. All right. Pull the... Pull the, I can't remember the, the curtain around, <laughs> and we'll give me a full fold. physical. <laughs> yeah. I am engaged. I'm married. My fiance is a lieutenant colonel. Sharon's a CPA. <laughs> rings you. I take my engagement very seriously. Oh, and you should. It's a time to compare. I've done plenty of comparing. Really? Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> it just it was it wonderful and I loved how Margaret was just completely unfazed just nope, 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 nope I think you hear it a lot though I mean you have a lot of men that oh, haven't I'm, been with their families and, I'm sure yeah you know, someone um, like Margaret comes in and yeah but the part I really loved with that scene was then after Margaret walks away the guy turns and goes Nurse, do you know how wonderful you are? And Klinger stands yeah. up and turns around in a nurse outfit. Do you know outfit. how many times I've heard that? <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other patient we hear from in post-op is a guy who got a concussion. And Colonel Potter's talking to him. Oh, oh you're from Chicago. Well, that's good. I was stationed at Camp Grant. You'll enjoy this. And he goes on to try and tell this kid about all the places in Chicago he knows. And every place was wrong. <laughs> they put a bank there. Really? When did they do that? They do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know the corner of State and Dearborn? They run parallel to each other. <laughs> really? Well, you had a concussion. You wouldn't get it. Colonel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Potter blamed the kid's concussion. Have, have you ever been to Detroit? No. Fine, we'll talk about that tomorrow. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then, um, that, that's the major pl plot, I think, of this episode. And the only other point is... is the ending. With uh, the blood drive, is that what you're... Yeah. Yeah, Potter gets on the PA and uh, calls for more blood and says, I will excuse you from all the hygiene lectures for, for the month. rest of the month, for a month, if you donate. I know it hasn't been 48 hours, but we need more blood. All right. 
So there's this, desperate. there's this big line of people, because Icor isn't sending them any, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you hear, No! I won't do it! Get your hands off me! It's my plot! BJ and Hawkeye are dragging Frank in, because, you know, he was staying pure, and they dragged him in to get to give blood. Mm-hmm. For the first time, where other people were giving it two, three, four times. Yeah. I love it. And then Margaret walks out of the mess tent where they're giving blood. Oh, Major Burns, doing your patriotic duty, I see. Of course, these two Barinskis were trying to get in line in front of me. Um, so they take him in. And then a truck full of... Turkish soldiers came in. And that other soldier was Turkish that had the blood transfusion and yeah, the wasn't captain. clotting. Yep. So I think they were like saying thank you yep. and I hear you need blood. Yep. No, they, they specifically said that. Yeah. My men and I would oh. like to give blood as a thank you for Lord. saving the life of our captain. Yes. Yeah, so they all got down and Frank went screaming out. <laughs> ah! Who was that? <laughs> oh, he's one of our brave men. <laughs> right this way. Ah, uh, no, after you. After you. No, after you. Mm, no, I insist after you. No, no. You're the one giving blood. Oh, oh, thank okay. you very much. <laughs> I go in. And that's pretty much the episode. But yeah, it's a f- full episode yeah. and a lot of thought. A lot of, yeah. you know, it, the boys get you to think, you know. Yeah. What's your purpose here? Yeah, it. You know, it's a very fun, very fast-moving episode. A lot of guest casts. I mean, right. uh, let's run cool. through this quickly. Hilly Hicks is Corporal Moody, the medic. Uh, Andy Romano as Sergeant Justice. Salvas Guzzo as Sergeant Raymond McGill. Richard Beauchamp as Corporal Robello. Alan McRae as Corporal Nesson. Gary Springer as Private Gavin. Andrew Block as Private Corden. John Anthony Bailey, a.k.a. Jack Baker, as Private Whitney. Daniel Zippy, a.k.a. Daniel Zippy. <laughs> Why put that as Private Corey? Zito Kars- Kazan as Sergeant Atias. That was the yeah. sergeant of the Turkish <laughs> Brigade. <laughs> Me and my men. Uh, uncredited appearances, Judy Farrell as Nurse Abel, Abel, addressed by name in the dialogue, and Kelly Nakahara as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. She actually had a line. So that is a long list. I mean, we're right. talking... Right, the longest we've ever seen. I think that's fifth... One, two, three, that's twelve people. Twelve guest cast, in addition to the normal cast, which now includes Father Mulcahy and Klinger. Right. Is they're all in this episode. It's an amazingly full cast, so of course it moves fast. It is extremely funny, in my opinion. It's, uh, I mean... Thoughtful, too. Yeah. And it's interesting to see all these different parts of the war, too. Right, that's the part I enjoyed. Yeah. Hearing all the stories. I love to hear a story. Yeah. Um, Guest stars, we ran through... Production code was U825. The writers were Ken Levine and David Isaacs. The teleplay story and Gene Reynolds and Jay Falb helped with the story. The director was Gene Reynolds and the original air date was March 8th, 1977. Anything else on this episode? No. Uh-uh. Okay. Margaret's Marriage. Final uh-huh. episode of the season. Final major Burns episode. Um, we open in the OR as we normally do. 
and Frank is kind of prying into Margaret's engagement and just saying, you know, I think he's just leading you on. I mean, oops. It's been this long. <laughs> you know, he's... And uh, Father Mulcahy even says, have you set a date? And Margaret says, no, but we will. So after OR session is over, we see Margaret in uh, Radar's office. She puts in a call, and Donald says he's coming down. He comes down to MASH. They get married with some shenanigans and some other plot devices in there. And they go off on their honeymoon. <laughs> you know, that's the short version of what this is. But really, I think... Yeah. Funny when Margaret called from the office, mm. Frank walked in and she's like, This is a private call and Frank wouldn't leave. Yeah. So she, I'm here on business. Corporal, do you have those reports? <laughs> the what, sir? No. <laughs> I'll find them myself. So she tells those Donald Knott that those are my monthly reports. Please. He's there and um Prince, those are my monthly reports. Can you just be careful? <laughs> no, I don't no. Donald, I don't mind telling him. you I don't mind telling you the name of the friend who asked about our marriage. Don't tell him. Don't. Yeah, Frank Burns. <laughs> oh, you're crumpling so, my monthly reports. Frank actually thinks oh, he's coming there reports. to beat him up. <laughs> yeah, and I love immediately after Margaret hangs up, and you know it's clear that Penobscot is coming. Frank runs into the colonel's office. <laughs> Colonel, request permission to have two weeks furlough. Denied. Oh golly. <laughs> just great and then um, oh. the radar came in and mentioned what the guys are all planning on wearing to the wedding oh well so okay b before that before that first let's get Donald on the oh okay onto the base because I like how he gets onto the base I do too you know they're playing <laughs> they're playing basketball which the colonel elbows father Mulcahy <laughs> It's a Radar calls a foul. Uh, the colonel <laughs> says, how would you like to reorganize the whole filing system? And Radar goes, jump ball! <laughs> and so they're about to do jump ball, and the father goes, Colonel, I believe you're standing on my foot. It's just a friendly <laughs> game, father. But then Colonel Penobscot drives up, uh, says hello to everyone. They go into the mess tent. Uh, Margaret comes out. They all go into the mess tent, and Penobscot and Margaret share that they're going to get married, and they want to do it quick, because Penobscot has to be back to Tokyo in 48 hours. And um, Father's going to marry them. Yep. And then, as Radar is leaving to get the form work in order, he says, Hi, Major Burns, and Penobscot hears that. And Frank turns and... <laughs> Major Burns? Yes, sir? No, sir. <laughs> You're the man I want to talk to! And Frank starts to back out of the mess tent. And he hightailed it out of there. And actually, Donald chased him. Yeah, and Frank tripped, fell. Donald just kind of kneeled on top of him. Just the man I wanted to see. Now, I paused at this point and asked Laura, what is the most ridiculous thing you could think of Penobscot asking Major Burns at this point. And what was her reply? To be his best man. <laughs> and guess what Donald asks of Frank? To be his best man. <laughs> okay. 
So, at that point, the marriage is going, and... Oh, they had their, um, not just, the, should we talk about the shower first? Whatever. Yeah, well, first of all, again, ra our radar came in and said that, that what the guys were trying to wear, like their uh, underwear wear, and, <laughs> and he said, nobody's allowed in without their Class A uniforms, or they don't get champagne. You gotta keep on top of these you guys. Gotta, you gotta <laughs> keep on top of these guys. Then Margaret had a bridal shower, mm -hmm. which she got along great with all the nurses, which I thought was cool. And Klinger brought the coolest thing. He gave yeah. her a box, and he sh they were ready to remote. This is just for women, just for women. Yeah. Well, here, I have something for you. And it was her wedding dress, and it was yeah. beautiful. And I think very time appropriate. Yeah. My Colonel Zach, use this to get out of World War One. One? Yeah. Don't rip it. <laughs> so, and, and it was it fit her perfectly. It yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. The, um, the guys, meanwhile, that same night, have a stag smoker. And they were toasted. Oh, God. Like, beyond toasted. Colonel! Yes, Radar? Permission to go outside and throw up? Permission granted. granted. Give, give him a hand. <laughs> <laughs> that was his hand, by the way. Yeah. The old joke. Also, Frank was like, nobody cares about me. Stop laughing without me! And he said, Colonel Potter said either... Go to your bunk and lay down, or something. Get on with it. Or get on with it. So he just kind of right. fell over. <laughs> oh, yeah. At least somebody cares. And he falls down, falls on his bed, rolls off onto the floor of the swamp. I mean, they were... But, even Father Mulcahy, yeah. who had said this is the second <laughs> one My, he's ever been at. The I'm, other one yeah, had I'm, a non... Oh, yeah, I'm not accustomed to this level of jocularity. Did he? The last one I was at, a nun jumped out of an angel food cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did, like, when, before Burns passed out, he asked Lieutenant Colonel, What's so hard about you? <laughs> well, I graduated 396 out of 227. <laughs> See? I told you he was no dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I threw a hammer, played water polo, and lettered in Greco-Roman or Roman Greco-wrestling <laughs> all at once. And then BJ, oh. well, they oh, all I, kind of passed. Okay, be, before that, my oh. favorite line of this episode, oh. one that I always remember. I'm sorry, I've got to interject Go for this. It. Hawkeye says to the lieutenant colonel. You know, I tried playing water polo, but my horse drowned. Oh yes. And the and Donald said, "Oh, you've got to keep his head up." up. <laughs> and he kind of pulled like he was pulling a head up of a horse. <laughs> they were all just having a great time. This was, I mean, they got along clearly, mm -hmm. all of them. And then the lieutenant colonel slumps forward onto the floor. Oh, he's had it. He's had it. The bridegroom is drunk. <laughs> so am I. So everyone left except for Hawkeye and BJ, mm -hmm. who were clear in the head enough to come up with a plan. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. What, what? No. What? Tell I, me, tell I, me, tell me. We put him in a cast. A full body cast. <laughs> From his chest to his toes. And we tell him he broke his leg. <laughs> You'll never know the difference. <laughs> oh, and we God. cut to the next day. 
And guess who's in a full body cast? I itch all over. <laughs> Donald Panat Scott on his wedding day in a full body cast. Homer. Margaret was not happy. What? Did you tell Margaret? Yeah. yeah. How'd she take it? She punched a hole in the tent. <laughs> so they ended up getting married partway through their wedding. Yeah. Of course. Father Choppers. Mul yeah. Father Mulcahy was starting to give this long soliloquy about what sort of bonds bind people in marriage. They are silken bonds. Strong. <laughs> Yet wielding. And all of a sudden, radar. Uh oh! Choppers! Sorry, God! <laughs> so, yeah, that was funny. I loved it. <laughs> radar did that. Sorry, God! Hurry it up, Father. Do you, Margaret, take Donald to be your lawfully wedded husband? I do. Do you, Donald, take Margaret to be your lawfully wedded wife? I do. <laughs> I now pronounce you man and wife. You may now kiss the bride. And then they all run out. <laughs> I leave Donald sitting there. And he's like, Guys! Help! Because he's in Help! a cast. From the neck down. <laughs> All of a sudden. <laughs> fell right over. Don't know how he got up. I'm I'm guessing that uh, Goldman and Mulcahy found him at some point. Because then they bring him in on a furniture dolly to look in at Margaret in OR. Which, by the way, when they're doing triage, everybody's in class A's. Except for Margaret, who's in, in a, a wedding, wedding dress. dress. Which is, if you were at all conscious as a wounded soldier, that had to be surreal. It had to. You know, getting triaged by Margaret in a wedding dress. Just like, how much morphine did they give me? <laughs> give me more. <laughs> wow. Um, well, uh, what else? What else is there? I mean, BJ gets sprayed in the face while in OR and... Donald looking on is like, I've, I've had enough, Father. Because he really wanted to see Margaret in active duty. And he mm. said, I can take it. I've seen everything. But he got this sick look on his face. when mm. he actually, Everyone thinks they can take it yeah. until you have the smell of blood. You know, there's all the senses that are getting hit. You have yeah. to keep that in mind. With television, sometimes you forget, you know, the smell of blood, the feel mm -hmm. of it. The, you know, that's yeah. another human being who's yeah. blah. And I, I've heard from at least a few people like the this and you might know this because of ben just the smell of burning flesh oh. like a burn ward it just smells i can't even imagine yeah you know that sort of thing and i mean there weren't burn patients but yeah still you're opening up bodies, bodies. and and that has a certain smell blood itself has a certain smell and you're going mm -hmm. to have old blood whether you well, know even if you keep it clean and even seeing that I mean, you're seeing somebody... Getting cut open. I don't... I yeah. Can't, uh, I, I can't even watch those surgery things and, on television. And I would bet that in the heat of battle when adrenaline is flowing is different right. seeing the inside of somebody than in an OR when, when you're When you have a clean, perfect situation. You have yeah. unlimited time. Yeah. You have yeah. you know, nurses galore mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. the surgical stuff you need. And especially when they're all wearing white equipment at that point and all of a sudden there's just red you know right. just i mean bj gets sprayed in the face so right. just red just red all over um but anyway after that after surgery is done they're going on their honeymoon oh my gosh i feel so bad for him penobscot is 
strapped to a stretcher. I love Margaret goes and runs to Colonel Potter and gives him a hug as if he's her father. Yep. And then and, and BJ and Hawkeye kind of like brothers, but I'm not going to make that brother connection too much with cause Hawkeye because right. it's kind of like um, Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Brother, sister, it's that yeah. weird later on. You'll find out. It's season seven in the middle of the season. Right. It would be weird if they're brother and sister. Um, and BJ, she's all mentioned yeah. many times how she has yeah. a crush on him. But well, still, they Trapper. have this fam or Trapper. Trapper, she not had, BJ. Oh yeah, that's right. So she BJ has really this family a, connection, though. Yeah, but then she comes to Frank to give him a hug. And it's and like, I think she sticks out her hand, doesn't she? And like, and then she hugged him. Yeah, and then runs in, jumps in the chopper, and they're like, "You gotta tell her." You gotta tell her. You do you it. You mix the plaster. No, you tell her. Oh, Margaret. And you have to keep in mind the trap, the um, helicopter blades are going at this time. <laughs> the cast is a fake. You can take it off. Take Taking it off. off. And she waves. <laughs> in fact, Ryan waved at this time because she was waving to the people. <laughs> we and tried. So they never did tell Donald that his cast was fake. Well, I'm sure they, they, they wired him. They said, yeah. well, we'll wire him in Tokyo. And as you see everybody leaving the helipad, there's Frank standing alone, watching. so sad. You were right. Watching the chopper leave. And he's just looking with this forlorn expression. Like he couldn't leave. Like and then he finally just says, goodbye, Margaret. And it is a very sad moment. And then... We get to the last Frank Burns scene of the series. Because he doesn't come back in season six. Um, BJ, Hawkeye, and Potter are all there in the swamp. Sitting around with him, having some coffee. And just making sure he's okay. Because they know. Right. Wow. And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And so then they start to explain, well... You right know, they, now, it's... <laughs> they've probably checked in their hotel. They're probably walking through the gardens. Those gardens are very romantic. Yeah. They yeah. might be heading up to their room. All of a sudden, Frank goes to get a towel, puts it around his neck, and they're Where like, are you going? I don't know. I just... Have this urge. To, to take a cold shower. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and all three of them, four of them actually, head yeah. out to t take a cold shower. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> great ending. It was. I great. wish I would have seen more of a goodbye to Frank, but yeah, good ending. I mean, that's as much as far as he could go. Yeah, and you know, again, I think, unfortunately, I think it was the right move for Larry Linville, because there really wasn't the way that they wrote him in this. He was season, becoming too weaselly. Yeah. And I understand, Margaret was his confidant, his background, his backbone, his moral support. I get that, but you know, there's got to be more to Frank. Right, right. He didn't get to be a major because of Margaret. He met Margaret as After, a mayor. Right. So it's unfortunate to see Larry Linville leave, and even more unfortunate now. I mean, he's gone. But you saw the love he had for Margaret. Yeah. So, you know, wow. that's... Lost love. Lost love. <laughs> well, that's true. I, I'm i sorry. Well, I'm just going to call... He couldn't differentiate between the two, yeah. I think. But 
we we bid a fair fond farewell to both Frank. Here's Burns, to Frank. Frank and Larry Linville. Yes, mm-hmm. to you. Um, but yeah, it it was a great run with Frank, and now starting with next season, which we'll get to next week. Um, the only remaining cast that doesn't make it all the way to the end of the eleventh season is Radar. Oh. This is now the permanent cast. Okay. You know? Radar is the only one, and he only has a few seasons left, too. But we already have Jamie Farr in the cast. Right. Nobody else so is nobody replaced. Nobody else is added. Yeah. So as of season, the start of season six, we have uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, six seasons of the same cast, essentially. Cool. No more replacements. No more, like, drop and add. It's everybody who's been there. They're there for the rest of the time. So, it, it's bittersweet. It is bittersweet, but it, it needed to move on. But And, and I love Charles, so... It, oh, he adds... <laughs> I think he perfects the cast that they've built up with this season. Right, I do too. Because Frank doesn't quite fit in anymore. Right. With the Margaret that we have... And the BJ Hawkeye interaction that we get, um, and I think in real life BJ and Hawkeye would never even cross paths. Oh, I'm sure. I just not. think their personalities are so different, but they're such good friends well, in this circumstance. So it's really weird to me that you say that because I see them as very similar in a different way. Do you? Yeah, like okay, BJ is this very family. Um, monogamous man and Hawkeye is the opposite. However, they're both jokesters. And until BJ comes in, it's Hawkeye who is the bigger jokester in camp. Which they bring up in an episode. But in this episode, you see that. Because who is it who suggests that they... It's BJ. It's BJ. He comes up with all these wacky prank ideas. And so that really complements Hawkeye. And he... He plays a much better, in that respect, second fill to Hawkeye. Than he did with um, Trapper. Trapper, where yeah. he was the one that came up with the stuff and Trapper did it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Trapper was basically a sidekick, unfortunately. Right. He shouldn't have been, but that's how he was written in the series. However, BJ... Is his own person. He is a co-partner right. with Hawkeye. You know, they're co-conspirators. There isn't a leader and a follower. No. They are true co-conspirators, right? In my mind, mine too. You know, if exactly. anything, if anything, you have Hawkeye as the. But I the, still think they're such different personalities that in real oh, life yeah. they would never be. If this hadn't have happened, yeah. they wouldn't have. No, I'm become sure. Become such good friends. I mean, okay. The only time I could see them meeting up is at like an AMA meeting. They're both <laughs> there, for some reason. Hawkeye is at the bar. BJ walks through it because he has to in order to get to the elevators and accidentally jostles Hawkeye. He says sorry. BJ goes up to his room and calls Peg. And Hawkeye finds a nurse. Yeah. At the convention. Right, exactly. That would be the... Yeah, but this brought them together. And we see them grow closer as friends for the next six seasons. Right, and I'm sure stayed friends their whole lives. Yeah. And because I've, and I have friends like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll grant you, I'm in my early 30s. I can't say a lot about lifelong friends. I don't have that sort of experience. I can, there. and I have some lifelong friends mm-hmm. that 
I I would probably have not have met if situations were yeah. different. But it you you start to see that cast come together like we see throughout the rest of the series and with the addition of Charles who I will say probably takes at least a few episodes probably half a season to get into his own. Right, I think so too. You know, to really step into Charles but Emerson Winchester But don't you think Winchester that's how it is really when you join oh, yeah. a war or something? Yeah. You come in trying to be who you want them Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Charles was his own man, and then he had to fit into this new situation. Well, he doesn't fit in anywhere. He just... <laughs> well, he they re- fit around him. He, he, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> he refuses to give in to everything else. But you'll find that out if you uh, join us next week. By the way, before I get too far down oh, yes. that path, uh, guest cast for Margaret's Marriage, Beeson Carroll as Lieutenant Colonel Penobscot, Judy Farrell as Nurse, Nurse Abel, Patricia Stevens as Nurse Baker, Lynn Marie Stewart as Nurse Clark, Kelly Nakahara as Nurse Kelly. She returns in this episode. It was written by Everett Greenbaum and Jim Fritzel. The director was Jim, uh, pardon me, Gene Reynolds. And the original air date for production code U820, Margaret's Marriage, was March 15th, 1977. Lawrence Brady. That's true. <laughs> um... But yeah, if you want to catch next week's episode where we'll start uh, Season 6, you can head on over to narclaninc.com, N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com, slash Whiskey and Mash, or just go to the podcast section of the site, go to the Whiskey and Mash page. All of our MP3s are there. You can stream them or download them. Otherwise, we have links off to our Facebook page and an email link so that you can get in contact with us. Otherwise, if you want to, which we'd encourage you to do, head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast player or Stitcher Radio and search for Whiskey and Mash, and we are on there as well. You can subscribe and get all of the new episodes downloaded to your mobile device. You are good at that. I'm getting better. I think if I push a button, that'll just come out of your mouth. Possibly. (laughs) We'll find out next week. For now, I'm Chris. And I'm Gloria, and have a great week. (laughs) You do that so well now. I'm I'm getting very well practiced, that's all I know. Well, how long... Well, it's over a year, so... Yeah, no, this is getting into, getting close to 60 episodes. And we have, I think we've kept up at least one a week, so that's really... And next week, we'll be sending 12 more days. I don't know what your plans are, but we can do a tour. Oh, I would love getting some on the bag. Yeah. Because we're lucky we got this in. You right. thought well, you'd be... I, the girls finished early. That's what we do. Okay. No, yeah, let's try and get in a couple episodes. Okay. Yeah. Have a good, Have week, a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye.